1: Morning. Welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, you may have heard the Brandfest ads playing on BFM over the past few weeks. Yes, it's that time of the year again when the brightest minds in marketing converge on one stage over two days to share fresh ideas and insights into the industry and beyond. This year is the 17th installment of the Marketing Conference and we have 19 thought leaders and experts lined up to take the Brandfest stage. And three of them are are online with me right now to give us a taste of what they'll be sharing at the event but only enough to whet our appetite so first up we have the chairperson of the bfm brand fest we have andreas voyazakis executive director of amv plus advisory good morning andreas
2: good morning audrey it's great to be here as
0: always
1: also joining us is Mohan Alagapar the GM of GBA Corporation good morning Mohan
0: good morning Audrey thank you for having me
1: and last but certainly not least we have Ramizan Abdul Malik the CEO and Principal Strategist at Ideascape Consulting Group. Rome, selamat pagi. Hello good morning Welcome to the show, guys. Now, so together, we're going to give everyone a sneak peek into what to expect at BrandFest next week. And we're going to do this by discussing the inextricable link between purpose and profit. Uh, now, Rome, I, I want to start with you because, you know, ladies first. Um, why is brand purpose suddenly getting all this limelight?
3: Um, well, thank you, Audrey. What a f- first question, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> Brand purpose is has always been very important. Yeah, but of late, I think um when in times of increased diversity, uncertainty, people tend to look for their why. People tend to turn inwards and get um either more spiritual and they need something to anchor them um through the storm. So this then doesn't sit only with the person or the consumer. They look for brands that they associate with. And when when you as the brand and your people and your consumers can focus on one single reason that you are talking about their reason for being, it allows them to focus on what really matters and weather the storm through it. Yeah, mm. So that's why we find that suddenly brand purpose is getting so much Uh, airtime so much prominence um, lately. but Mm. It's always been there. I mean, um, we have got brands like um, Body Shop. I think Body Shop was the first one who came up um, to the market and and talked about their purpose. And then other brands like Da Follow Suit, uh, Lego, Apple, you know. Um, It has always been important. Uh, But yeah, now you're seeing that even local brands, even smaller brands are also jumping on the bandwagon because they see how this actually gel everything together.
2: Mm.
1: So if it wasn't your main focus, how does a marketer figure out what is a brand's purpose, you know, to begin with? And if the intent is to be purpose-driven, what aspects of a brand should marketing personnel be focusing on?
3: All right, uh, a brand can stand for many things, right? Um, typically, at the very uh, basic level, you want to sell your product. So you tend to focus on your functional benefit or functional offering. And then you say that, hey, buy this because it saves a lot more money. Buy this because it um, gives you more value, uh, makes your hair stronger, better. All those, are, all those are actually functional reasons. And consumers are getting more and more savvy they know that hey what you're after is just the money you know Mm -hmm. you're just trying to fish more uh, share of wallet from me so having a brand purpose actually gives um, emotional connection to the consumers right and I will also share that it's not just to the consumers but also to your employees because we are also facing people who choose where to work and they select the, the organizations or the companies that relate to them. So focusing on brand purpose is getting more important and back to your question of what should they be focusing on, it's about building emotional connection. And mm. you want to find that one thing about um, what you stand for that can um, relate to your consumer, your uh, your your employees, and in fact, of late, more important, your investors your shareholders, not just your stakeholders. Because um, the shareholders um, of today, they are getting younger and they're getting more in tune to what is this company all about? What is this brand um, all about? And do I want to support this brand to grow?
1: Mm, yeah. Is there a link between brand purpose and brand success?
3: Of course, mm. Definitely. Brands that have paved the way through communicating the purpose. I mean, I shared earlier, um, the, the Dove of the world, the Nike of the world. But so, so the success, as we observe, is when the brand itself see their consumers or their customers as more than just buyers. Yeah, they're not just like, hey, buy my product, but they start to build relationship. And when you build relationship, it's not so easy to exit that relationship. You tend to be loyal. You tend to want to uh, defend this brand because you, you've you got something at stake. It's you're your invested
1: already, you know.
3: Yeah, you're invested, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we all have seen the data. We all know how uh, taking care of your loyal brand is a better business model than going after new consumers.
1: Mm. Mm. Are there cases of brands that didn't do the best job uh, with their brand purpose? Um, like their, their whole marketing strategy kind of failed because of poor brand purpose off the top um, of your head? I think there
3: are. I'm not going to mention the names, but there are. Um, mm. And obviously, because um, they are fake, I mm. simply put. Right, um, when they don't really mean it, when they're greenwashing, people can see it through. Mm.
1: So, so authenticity when you, when you, is really vital here. Yeah
3: so, yeah, so it's not about uh, it's not just about getting the purpose; it's about walking, breathing, living the purpose. If you say something and then you go and do something else, people are gonna catch you. Mm. And you know, the younger generation, the new young consumers, the Gen Z, the millennials. They aren't that forgiving <laughs> <laughs> they they know they know I have had um uh, chats with uh, the Gen Z and they boycott certain brands because they say oh this brand says this this is this, this thing but look at what they're doing I'm not uh, I I'm not watching this movie because, you know, it was shot at a refugee camp and they didn't portray the sort of thing. So, the power of the young consumers is actually not to be taken for granted. Mm. So, yes, there have been brands that are struggling, but there are also brands that are struggling simply not because their purpose wasn't good enough, because um, they have not been able to find a way how to transcend the purpose across the organization. Mm. So it tends to sit at certain pockets of the organization and the flaw of our business model or our management model at the moment as I observe is that the employees are permanent employees. Mm. The management tends to be um, on contract basis. So we have people, the employees who want certain things for the brand, but the top management or the Mancom are the ones who are saying, no, 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 we're going to go after profit. We have to, you know, prove to our shareholders that we're making this money, we're registering this growth. And so they're going after profit only um, and not thinking about, say, for example, uh, recyclable packaging and stuff like that. And um, that's where the disconnect happened that's where the purpose get lost in the organization
1: mm. is there a a way to measure the roi uh on brand purpose definitely definitely so
3: the you you see what people tend to uh think is that purpose and profit is separate it's mm-hmm. not mm. it's not um that's a huge overlap it's not um uh completely different so what I typically would encourage clients or brands to do is when they are measuring or when you're looking at the ROI of purpose or their brand purpose always link it always create the dashboard to link it back to financials. So look at how your purpose is helping you to grow profit, revenue, sales, or market share, or even your share price. Mm. So financials one, the first one I would actually encourage to look at. And then look at your brand equity. Look at the uh, level of advocacy, loyalty, price premium, purchase intent. Yeah, Look at your employee engagement. Look at recruitment, retention rate, or reduce the turnover look at your level of innovation as a result of this new purpose you have or the, the brand purpose, how much of your product and services have been improved or how you create efficient processes or create new markets. Yeah. Mm. Look also at your stakeholders, whether your customers, your vendors, even the government um, and what how it has impacted on your corporate brand value. Right. And as um, typically not, people are now talking about ESG, look at the S part and how your purpose is actually contributing to the social sustainability. Mm. So these um, um, seven things could actually um, help you to create a dashboard and then make your brand purpose more strategic um, than just a lip service.
1: Okay. Um, It's already time for us to take a break. That flew by very quickly. Uh, But when we come back, we speak to Mohan Alagapa from GBA Corp about profit and Andreas Voyazakis about all the other cool stuff to expect from Brandfest 2022. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9.
0: Building Future Malaysia. BFM. 89.9 The Business Station.
1: This is Resource Center with Audrey Raj, Rumaizan Abdul-Malik from Ideascape Consulting, Mohan Alagapa from GBA Corporation, and Andreas Weazakis from AMD Plus are with me today. And what do they all have in common? Well, uh, apart from being cutting-edge marketers and thought leaders, they're going to be sharing the stage next week at Brandfest 2022. Uh, and you're here with me today to discuss purpose and profit, uh, just to whet your appetite ahead of the main event next week. Now, uh, Mohan, we heard from Rome before the break talking about this overlap when it comes to brand purpose and, and profit. Uh, from an organisational point of view, uh, Mohan, is there a conflict at all You know between purpose and profit?
0: Uh, thank you, Audrey. I'd like to start with the song by Eva. Hmm? You know the song, she the, the hit song called Money, Money, Money is Rich Man's World. Yes. So money makes everything go around. Yes, we understand that. But organizations understand today that if we, if it's rightly executed and implemented, I don't see a conflict. So purpose and profit can coexist. I remember reading uh, Larry Fink's uh, letter in 2019. Larry Fink is the guy who owns, uh, who's the CEO of BlackRock, one of the largest uh, fund managers. He said, profit and purpose are inextricably linked. So today's world, with uh, a genre of uh, different consumers from the baby boomers to the millennials, you need to satisfy all aspects of their purpose if you want to make profit. So that's where we believe strongly that profitability for any company will always be the main goal. I mean, even you and me and Roma and Andres, we all are investors and in you trust, shares and whatever not, we still want some money out of it. However, we want that to be done responsibly. And that's the key to this particular area where Purpose and profit should go hand in hand, mm. but also depending on economic conditions and the country they operate in. That's our view on this.
1: Mm. Now, in most instances, companies would want to kind of strike a balance or find that that right balance uh, between purpose and, and profits. But in reality, this is, it's just not that easy. Can you talk to us about some of the complications an organization may have to deal with when they're, they're trying to find their way uh, in striking that balance?
0: Yes, Uh, striking a balance is always the challenge for organizations. Uh, Let me give you an example of Avion Water. Avion Water is the number one leading brand worldwide. And they took a position that they will conserve the water that comes from the French Alps. And in doing so, they made a timeline over 10 years that they will eventually only use packaging that recycles easily. And today, Avion Bottles is 100% recyclable compared to other bottles that they use. And I think by 2025, they'll be 100% uh, recyclable, and they will have certified carbon neutral very, very soon. Now, that means that an organization like Avion Water have taken the position that uh, so-called board of directors, uh, we tell them, Tauke, leaders, can you hold on for one, two, three years? We don't make so much money now. But we'll give you back in bountiful when we hit this particular carbon neutral uh, certification, which they've already got it. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot for a brand that is selling worldwide, shipping all over the world. Now, that means if consumer affordability is the main concern, in here, in this particular area, everyone has shown that they can be both socially responsible and profitable. But the Mm -hmm. mindset, Andre, that's the key, isn't it? The mindset. Of the people that you have, the talent that you have, uh, the story that you sell to the board of directors, the shareholders, the stakeholders, the community that we live in, everyone needs to be clearly told that this is what is expected the next three years. So, as much as we like money, as if the direction is clear, then it can be achieved.
3: Mm. Yeah, I would like to add to Mohan there. I think if we go back to the history of capitalism, yeah, um, the whole entire reason why we People get into business was to actually do something good and then along the line it got washed away it got profit got a lot of um, airtime and limelight but like Peter Drucker says profit is the validity of the business not the reason of it Mm. business is meant to elevate the social status of people of community of the society and by the way if you're actually running a business and you're not profitable, you might as well take that money and go do charity, lah, Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> profit should really be, you know, I mean, for business uh, owners, and that's really the challenge. I also find that we 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 get with a lot of board members because they are only after profit, profit, profit. Mohan said it just right. We need to find the balance. We need to really think about how to do this without hurting the environment, without hurting the future. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, we've taken too much from from, from our planet. Um, the, the, there is this whole entire movement that's going so strong. And I I believe it's coming to Malaysia. I have seen it coming to Malaysia. from uh, Business as a force for good by BCOP right? Mm. And the rise of social enterprise, all the new young newbies, the startups tend to choose a social enterprise business model than the um, the, um, typical old business model where it's Mm. more profit-oriented, right? So, I'm supporting Mohan there.
1: (laughs) No, but in in a world where where sales turnover and and market share has become key for survival, how Purpose-driven uh, can brands be,
0: you know? Purpose-driven for when you want sales first. You see, the underlying and underpinning uh, drive by organizations is has to be sales and market share. A lot of the key uh, senior management, their success and their uh, uh, judgments on parameters that they have to deliver, the deliverables, will always be on sales. And market share. Mm. However, I think also uh, the way you angle this particular proposition to your board of directors or to your shareholders. I'll give you an example, San Remo, uh, pasta. Mm. It's all natural, 100 percent all natural. And uh, you're talking about four to five ringgit a packet versus the uh, cheaper ones who are coming out of Turkey, two to three ringgit. Consumers have to ch- have to choose: do I want a 500 gram pasta which is cost me 250 versus a product that is 450? $4.50, feeding four people, pretty cheap actually, uh, when one is all natural and the other one cannot claim all natural. So the communication is already there, but people have to be driven. What can I put on my table that is affordable? Mm. So the higher income group, absolutely no issue. But we are fighting in the middle income, large uh, section of the market, which typically is 60% of your, of your total turnover uh, for that particular category. So these are the guys who then start to have to choose. Hey, do I want something that is price-driven or something that is purpose-driven? That's the area where the challenge comes. So the more you communicate clearly, the, the stronger it is. However, you also need to sell that to your stakeholders. That this is the only market share I'm going to go after. I'm not going to go after the other part, which is always price-driven. So companies have to choose where they want to be. So if you want to sell something that's wandering in, it's very difficult for you to have. Uh, quality and uh, and, the, and the cheapest ingredient, but you want to sell something that is worth fifteen twenty dollars. You can do a lot more with that, but will your consumer accept? So the organisation needs to make that decision.
2: Right
1: now, uh, I'm sure there are also plenty of commercial challenges that you will need to manage. You know, if you choose to be more purpose driven as opposed to being profit driven, um, Mohan, you want to kind of take us through some of these challenges.
0: Sure. Sure. I still remember the movie Wall Street, Gordon Gecko.
1: Yeah,
0: he said greed is good, baby. Greed is good, and <laughs> if you look at the, if you look at the song by, by Dire Straits, you know, money uh, for nothing. This guy uh, money for nothing, chicks for free, and mm. chicks ain't coming for free, honey. <laughs> you need to have some money in your pocket. So when you have a situation like that, it it I think it also, boils down to the mindset that the particular company itself what do i stand for mm. so senior management that is managing that organization have to strike the balance it's not going to be easy i mean i give you another example people shop in 99 Speedmark, people shop in jr grocer people shop in giant same product three different pricing what does it tell you so the guys who are supporting the pricing either it's the owner of the shops or the brands that put the value chain through eh? uh, will have to think where, where am i making more money less money or am i balancing among these three guys and then saying that, look, I'm still okay for this year when I finish the year, but which my turnover and my market share. So in that sense, uh, we have to take a position that A, the consumer, B, our shareholders, and then C, the managers that drive the business. Is all these three linked? But I think what uh, is going to happen in the future, like what Romizon also said, I remember reading Deloitte's uh, a research in 2019, they asked millennials, what do you want when you work in a company? 63% of the millennials said improving the well-being of society first, then generating profit. And if that's the consumer that's coming in today, these are the guys who are 25 to 35 to 40 who are actually going to start spending the money making decisions going forward. And then I think a lot more of this purpose and profit will will be interlinked and uh, social responsibility will come in. I mean, today, no 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 company from Nestle to Unilever to uh, no even we sell Agandas ice cream can say that, look, uh, you just sell the product and let the consumer go and throw the rubbish. Mm. Everyone has to play a part on the packaging that they have, which impacts the environment, impacts the recyclability. So everyone is interlinked today, and the guy who can communicate that clearly first wins the race.
3: Okay, so... When we, uh, we did a research with um, uh, Gen Z and millennials in Malaysia, so this is a local study with over 200 Gen Z and millennials, and we asked them what are the criteria that they will pay more for brands. You know, they will pay more mm. for brands that are top of the list is trust. Mm. You know, I trust to be safe, you know, um, so something that uh, a brand that they trust. Now, having elements of positive impact to the society and community, okay, 50% of Gen Z is actually choosing this. And this is Malaysian data. Wow. Check it out. So um, I think this gives us a very, very strong um, warning to marketeers in Brandfest and uh, all around Malaysia that, hey, you better pay attention because if you're after the new young consumer, then you need to make sure that you are balancing this. And I agree with Mohan's point that commercial challenges are important, and but it's an executive decision. You want to uh, create a product that is cheap, um, affordable. I wouldn't say cheap, lah, but affordable. But at the same time, you don't want to include... Um, ingredients for example that's hurting um, I know for a fact that Nestle, because I came from Nestle Nestle has this values that we wouldn't sell anything to consumers that we don't sell, we ourselves will Won't not consume. Serve, to our, mm-hmm. yeah, serve to our family so if you have that you will always try to find balance and it's
1: exactly an executive decision Right, it is time for us to take another quick break. But when we come back, we'll hear from the very quiet so far, Andreas Voyazakis, the chairperson uh, of Brandfest, on his thoughts on profit and purpose, as well as uh, we'll get him to give us a bit of a sneak peek on what to expect from Brandfest next week. All that and more happening on Resource Center. Stay tuned, BFM eighty-nine point nine.
0: Burgers from Mamas, BFM. 89.9, The Business Station.
1: We're back. This is Resource Center. My name is Audrey Raj. Joining me online today, I have Rumaizan abdul Male from Ideascape Consulting, Mohan Alakapar from GBA Corporation, and Andreas Vayazakis from AMV+. Plus. Uh, they are all going to be on stage next week at Brandfest 2022, and they're here with me today to whet our appetite ahead of the main events next week. Now, uh, Andreas, you've been observing, and I bet absorbing quietly thus far, uh, having heard both our speakers, uh, Mohan and Rome, And I know this is an area that you are quite passionate about as well. we have spoken about this uh, on, on different stages, on different platforms. What is your view uh, on purpose and profit?
2: Thanks, Audrey. I couldn't have put it more perfect than that. I am observing and absorbing. And you could not have two more perfect people than Rome and Mohan to really talk about that. And indeed, that's a subject that I watch closely, not now, but for many years, uh, and it's quite close to my heart and I'll explain why. So before I get to uh, Brandfest uh, and what that's all about, for those who don't know, just in case, even though I want to believe that everybody knows about Brandfest. Of
0: course. I clarify
2: that? Yeah, of course. Um, When it comes to product, profit, purpose, and all that, um, the news is that all of that is not new news. It's been there for the longest time. And I think that humanity at different levels of self-awareness and realization, um, they realize what really we need to do and what counts more. Um, I love all the comments from Roman Mohan. And um, I will add to that by saying, yeah, you're right. No money no honey. So if we run a charity institution, then that's what we should do. However, that does not negate uh, the necessity to really focus on that. You know, it could be cheap and good and fast, but we can have it only two ways at any given time, right? Mm. And so Brandfest is 17 years old and so is a study called Meaningful Brands. And if you go and check it out, you will see that every single year globally, and the last few years in Malaysia as well, when I managed to bring it here, um, you will see the inconvenient truthful brands. And that is a very scary number, and that is 93%. That's an average global number, but it says that uh, all the 5,000 brands and 300,000 plus consumers that they interview, they say that if 93% percent of the brands that I'm using today disappear tomorrow, I will not care because I will be able to replace them with something else. Now, isn't that scary? Mm, mm. So if you are a marketeer, do you want your brand to be among the 93% or that 7% that they cannot live without? Think Apple, think all of these brands that we become fanatic evangelists of them. Mm. Right. And we propagate their purpose and what they stand for. So we want to be in that 7%. So what is going to make us be into that bracket? And it is all about beyond functionality. I think Rome hit the nail on the head on that one. Mm. It is about uh, personal and collective benefits. What does this brand do for me? And what does this brand do for the causes that I hold to my heart? Does it advance humanity? Does it support causes that I am uh, really uh, hot about? And so the brands repeatedly who cover all these areas, they do better, and I'm talking significantly better on marketing KPIs, on financial KPIs, on share of market, share of wallet, you name it, all the KPIs, including purchase and repurchase intent, as well as advocacy, and so if that, which is a validated, a validated study for years across the world in every single market, uh, then what do we do? Um, Friedman's shareholder capitalism gave way lately to the stakeholder capitalism, which is truly propagated by Schwab, right, mm. um, Carl Schwab. So. What is it really? And we start seeing that people have moved beyond that price. Um, but I will simplify all of that, my three cents worth, or ringgit, of this aspect by reminding everybody the three Ps. Long time ago, when I started my Asian career in Japan, my sensei, K K Weno he said, if you're gonna succeed, Focus on the three Ps on people, on product, and on profit. But the secret is that you have to keep it in that order people, product, profit. It comes in that order. And it really resonates with everything. And now that I'm doing my own training and my own coaching and my own consultancy, I harp on it all the time because it is really people that breathe purpose.
1: Mm.
2: Purpose doesn't come in a vacuum, purpose comes on what people believe. And I think that when I look at brands who are successful um, and when we peel that onion to see what's in the center and what makes us love and cry and, and be passionate about, it, it is aligning a personal p- purpose to the collective purpose of what the company stands for. And so the vision, the mission and the values don't become framed icons at the reception that the cleaners dust, but they are embraced and embodied by every single person in the organization. I love that example about Nestle that we do not product make products that we don't consume first, mm-hmm. and that's also all about Simon's golden circle. People don't buy the what, they buy the why, and mm-hmm. that's why it's more important. And even to Mohan's point, if we sell a product that costs one ringgit. It is not about that being cheap. It's about that being inexpensive. And we sell 1 billion products that cost 1 ringgit. We have $1 billion in the bank. Therefore, we can make a difference. And I think that if we focus on the three Ps, people first, then comes product, and then profit follows, fame and money always follows and it stays, then we will be, um, we will be good. And I think that's what we need to do. So, I would urge everybody to replay the, postca- the podcast and, and listen to Rome and Mohan's points because they are spot on and golden nuggets. And that gives you a glimpse on what is going to happen on Brandfest because we're going to set the stage on fire.
0: Indeed.
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, uh, like you said, we're going to have more of these hard pressing heated discussions uh, on stage uh, and off stage next week at BrandFest, but any specific topics that you're personally looking forward
2: to, AB? Well, you segued me nicely to BrandFest. So before I tell you a couple of the topics and give you uh, a sneak preview to whet your appetite, as you said, let me tell you that, um, especially for the last few years, um, AMV Plus is extremely proud and extremely privileged to be a partner of this outstanding event. I've been chairing the event myself uh, for, I think, about 13, 14 years out of the 17. So um, I can see how Brandfest not only positively influences the market and people who attend it, but that truly makes a difference. What can I tell you that is going to happen? It's going to be two days, jam-packed with amazing speakers, and it is all about ideas, insights, and information. Every single year, we have more than 300. We exceeded 400 people uh, recently. We have C-Suite's brand marketeers, brand marketing directors, managers, you name it. Everyone who has the brand in their heart and in their soul. And so we have delegates many times from across uh, not only Malaysia, but uh, uh, across a few other markets. And this year, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Of course, we're going to talk about uh, purpose and, uh, and profit and all of that, but we will talk a whole lot more about geotargeting. We're going to talk about TikTok and what that does mean for, for marketing. We are going to talk about inflation and market opportunities. We're going to talk about my least, my least favorite topic, I can tell you from now, I don't like this topic, but we will talk about it, and that is branding on a shoestring. Obviously, as an ad man, I want marketing budgets to be big. However, (laughs) times are tough. And therefore, how do we really make sense and connect with consumers and propagate the values of our brand on a smaller budget? And that's real. And as the pandemic really pushed us to the corner and gave birth to more SMEs and more entrepreneurs, they would like to hear that as well. So we will talk about social commerce. We will talk about online and offline balancing. And as technology really explodes and changes the world as we know it, we will also talk about data-driven sales growth. What does it do? What does it mean? How can we harness that? One of my favorite topics will be about instinct and creativity. We will talk about micro-influencers and how we can leverage that to our advantage Obviously, we will talk about marketing in the new normal. As we know it, everything has changed and we will uh, we will have to see how to navigate through this new reality that will stay with us forever. And of course, we're going to have the BFM Grand Fest exclusive on an update on the Malay segments. Um, we will sprinkle the entire conference with our usual... Uh, 60-second actionable ideas, uh, tips on marketing, on creativity, on content, on everything that today's marketeer needs to know. It will be above all fun and it will give to everyone opportunities to network, opportunities to meet each other and catch up. It's going to be the first ever big event right after the pandemic. So, I am really looking forward to it, forward to it to chair it and to meet everybody once again. Um, I'm pretty sure we will have a whole lot of new delegates uh, and it will, will be just amazing. So, just check it out, join us. It will be two days of marketing bliss.
1: There you have it. You heard it from the chairperson uh, himself. The 17th BFM BrandFest is happening next week at Connection at the Vertical Bangsa South. This is the brand marketing conference and it's perfect for not just the brand marketers, but like uh, Andreas just said, the C-suites, corporate com heads, managers, B- BD peeps, uh, consultants, creative guys, the academics. And the best part is tickets are HRD claimable. Get all the info you need at brandfest.com.my. My name is Audrey Ran. And on behalf of our panel today, Rumayzan Abdul-Malik from Ideascape Consulting, Mohan Alagapar from GBA Corporation, and of course, Andreas Wayazakis from AMV+. Plus. Thank you for listening and see you at Brandfest 2022, BFM 89.9.